0: Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 114. It's the last episode of 2012, or the first episode of 2013, depending on when I post this and when you hear it. This week we have uh, returning uh, video producer champion, uh, Jared Rosenberg.
1: Happy to be here.
0: You might have heard him recently on an episode of uh, Radio Free Nintendo, or uh, you might remember him from various videos he's produced over the years. Glad to have you on here, Jared.
1: Happy to be here. I think I just said that, but I'll say it again. You probably
0: did, but it's okay with magic of editing. Uh, (laughs) We got uh, five games as usual and uh, three songs from each game. It's your job as the listener to figure out what the game is based on the music. We will have bonus questions or hint questions. With that out of the way, let's get started.
1: First game. Let's do it.
0: That was the first song. I'm wondering if anyone recognizes that?
1: Uh that sounded quite a bit like a maybe a boss battle or something.
0: Yeah, yeah I I'm, I'm sure it is.
1: Nice tempo.
0: Well, I'm sure a lot of people already know this game, but uh, here's the hint question anyway. When you combine two or more special abilities, what does the power-up icon initially show a picture of? Hmm. All right, well, I think everyone knows it's a Kirby's game by now. So the question is, which one? Jared, you know which game this is.
1: Yes, I do, but I I don't know which version. Is it the NES version, or could it be a 3D classic?
0: Do they have different soundtracks? I I would expect them to have the same music.
1: They're probably exactly the same, the music at least.
0: I'd, I'd be surprised if they changed that. Um, But yes, this is Kirby's Adventure for the NES, which I thought we'd use, but apparently we didn't, probably because I used to use it so much on the live show. Um, So yes, this is Kirby's Adventure for the NES. Um, Of course, it's available on uh, Virtual Console, 3DS Classic, um, and there's a Game Boy Advance remake that's also very good. So uh, plenty of ways to own this game. It's a, it's, it's a fun game. It's probably my favorite mainline Kirby game. It's also was my first one, so that, that kind of puts me at a bias there, but uh, I, mean, I had a lot of fun with this as a kid. I remember getting it when it came out, and it was a really good last hurrah on yes. NES. Did, did you play it uh, way back when, or you're familiar with the 3DS Classic?
1: Um, I as a kid I had played uh, Dreamland, Kirby's Dreamland on Game Boy, but I, I would not mm. play Adventure till Virtual Console.
0: Wow, I played this first, and when I played a friend's copy of Dreamland, I was just like, what? Why would you play this? What? Because that game is so short on the Game Boy. Not that Kirby's Adventure is a super long game, but it, it's much more sophisticated than the Game Boy game. I mean, it introduced the power-up system. Um, and it even had, you know, secrets to, to find that sometimes you had to use a power-up um, to, to unlock. So it, it actually, you know, people complain about Kirby being a little bit aimless, and, I, and I'd agree that a lot of the level design is kind of whatever anything goes, but there, there are points in this game where um, you definitely need to, like, hold on to a special power uh, to be able to unlock, um, you know, a, a bonus area. And uh, so little things like that, that that make this game really fun. I mean, kind of like Super Mario World, you, you can spend a lot of time trying to find all the secrets.
1: Definitely. And uh, all, the, all the minigames are really fun. That w- that was definitely a great addition compared to uh, Dreamland.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess minigames are now kind of a standard thing in Kirby games. I still think Kirby's Adventure probably had some of the best games. And for some god-awful reason, they changed the minigames, or at least some of them... Uh, on the Game Boy Advance remake. Uh, I don't know why, but I think they did. And that kind of always kind of bothered
1: me. Do they still have the, uh, what, the like the wild gunman-like one in, in Game yeah. Boy Advance? Okay. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure they do. I think it might have like a samurai theme to it. But, yeah. Of course, I might be confusing that with uh, what they have in Superstar, which mm-hmm. also kind of had the same thing going. But I think they got rid of the one that was, like,
1: eating the eggs okay which I guess is kind of disturbing but maybe Sakurai didn't like that one
0: I thought that was fun you know and for, for those who are familiar with that mini game uh, basically you have to push a to eat eggs that are being thrown at you but Diggy's he's also throwing bombs at you and so you have to kind of judge the arc that he's throwing it and, and open and close your mouth appropriately and it's fun it's a, it's a neat little game
1: were you um, impressed back in the day by the graphics?
0: Um yeah I guess I was uh, I don't I think this was before I owned a, a Super Nintendo so I mean I I didn't own a Super Nintendo when it you know first came out or uh, yeah I, I guess that sort of is telling but um I, I was a little bit late to I guess a little bit late to to the Super Nintendo just because of my age and you know my, it just that's just the way it happened for me uh, you know I owned Kirby when it first came out and I, I was really impressed with uh, how it looked I mean it certainly had a lot of slowdown but I didn't really mind that at the time so yeah when, when did Kirby's Adventure come out like 93?
1: yeah 93
0: yeah so I, I must have gotten my my um, uh, Super Nintendo in like 94 wow I, I didn't realize how late to the party I was oh well uh, good times <laughs> cool,
1: cool.
0: I guess it's possible. I got the game after I got my Super Nintendo. That's possible.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like Kirby's Adventure definitely came out after I had already had a Super Nintendo, and I guess I had sort of left NES. But
0: so, uh, yeah. So, like I mentioned, the um, power-up mechanic was was the big new thing for Kirby in this game, and uh, and if you eat two different, uh, or even two of the same. Uh, power-up, um, instead of getting that power-up, you got something called a mix, which was like a random... not really random, but it was random. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It, it. it appeared to be random, but it always if you let it just go until it stopped, it always landed predictably depending on what you ate. So if you ate two rocks, you would always get um, hammer, I believe was how that worked. I might have that wrong. It might be UFO. I just remember eating two rocks is a good thing. But
1: uh <laughs> Um I I always liked um getting Meta Knight's sword. That was a good way to play through the game, Yet
0: yeah. I, I like sword too, that's fun. It's hard to use. That's the thing about Kirby is that like some of the power ups are easier than others and mm-hmm. and uh hammer and, and sword are fun to use but they're definitely harder to use. But yeah, so uh, the mix icon would show up when you ate two different, or ate two enemies that had powers. And uh, surprisingly, the picture was of Kirby as a bartender mixing um, a martini drink. And uh, you know, at the time, I didn't really know much about Nintendo and the kind of censorship they did. You know, they they tended to get rid of any references to alcohol or anything. So I don't know if this one slipped through the censors, or they'd started to relax a little bit by then. Or if they, they, maybe they decided that it wasn't explicitly, like, alcoholic beverage. So, but I mean, it, it, it's pretty clear when you look at the picture, it, it's, like, Kirby's wearing a bow tie, and he's shaking something up in, like, a, you know, like a mixer. Mm-hmm. And there's a martini glass on, on the table in front of him. I mean, it's pretty apparent he's, you know, okay, maybe he's making, like, a, a, a non-alcoholic mixed drink, but I, I don't know. Uh... To me, I found that amusing.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely never noticed that, but that, that is cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it's pretty explicit there. So uh, yeah, that's Kirby's Adventure, and uh, and me being late to the uh, Super Nintendo. Apparently, <laughs> we should probably move on to the next game. You don't need to hear me questioning myself.
1: Reminisce. Yeah. Go for it. That was nice.
0: Certainly very different from Kirby.
1: Yes, yes. Doesn't sound like an NES game.
0: Nope. Again, uh, excellent music there.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: (laughs) Jared, you want to ask the question on this one?
1: Uh, So the question for this one is, what makes the limited edition of this game different from the regular version? Thank you for choosing that song. That's definitely my favorite song from the game.
0: <laughs> I actually had a lot of trouble finding uh, the music for this game, at least the, the version we wanted to use. Um, this is, of course, well, maybe not of course. I don't know if anyone's going to get this. <laughs> it, it is Super Hang-On for the arcade, also released for the Wii Virtual Console. Um, yeah, so, uh, I had some trouble tracking down decent versions of the songs from this game, because, uh, you know, being an arcade game, it's a little less standardized in terms of the format. There was a version of this released for Genesis that was probably decent.
1: Yeah, the Genesis version's a pretty good port. It was actually a launch game from the Genesis. Oh, really? I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> okay, so the music was pretty close, not, not exact, but, it, I mean still pretty good so obviously a good showcase for uh the genesis hardware for the sound at least um so so what is super hang on jared
1: super hang on is a sequel to uh hang on it's a motorcycle i guess you could say simulator racer (laughs)
0: simulator simulator in quotes folks this is like 1987 uh yes yeah
1: 87 um but um yeah, you get uh, the original arcade cabinet back when Sega used to make, uh, you know, would always have crazy cabinets, and, uh, you know, you had handlebars, and you would move them left and right, you know, like you were actually riding a motorcycle, and you, you would basically race uh, other guys, and uh, I guess the, the big thing, uh, big difference, or special thing about this game was it had a turbo button.
0: So, Ooh, uh, that was the big... Distinction between this game and the in this predecessor?
1: Correct. Yeah, original Hang-On was, uh, you know, basically just a straight racer, just one track. Um, big difference with this one was that it had four tracks. It had the turbo button, and it also had uh, it let you select uh, from four different uh, music tracks when you started.
0: Okay, I, you know, I must have played this version because I know the version I played had more than one track. Um, I remember there was a arcade in Knott's Berry Farm uh, below the dinosaur ride which no longer exists um, where uh, they had a giant arcade, like, so you'd, you'd come out of this dinosaur ride and then all of a sudden there's a giant arcade and I remember playing the Hang On or Super Hang, I'm not sure which one um, in the arcade as well as you know, like the Simpsons arcade game and some other stuff So, uh, ac- actually uh, Hang On and Super Hang On kind of do hold a, a ambiguous but dear place to my heart um, just because of that I mean, this is very simple stuff, right? It's like two or three lanes, and you're kind of weaving between motorcycles and stuff, and you got to make turns, or you're going to crash into the billboard. It's that kind of big game, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I guess, you know, the big thing was that uh, just the graphics, you know, for the time were probably some of the best out there, and mm-hmm. just it... it they have a really good sense of speed, the games like even now they still have a really nice sense of speed. And I I would say they're still very playable, especially for a racing game. That's, you know, what? Over 20 years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, thank you for that pick. I never would have thought of that game ever. I
1: I was happy. It finally came out on a virtual console and, uh, if you get the the Wii version, you can actually use the the Wii remote and have it uh, sort of simulate the uh, handlebars. Really? Yeah.
0: That's an interesting touch. I I would not have expected that. <laughs> wow. So you have your choice of of like uh, just using a D pad or or using the tilt.
1: Uh, ex- yep, exactly. And uh, you can even use uh, like the classic controller. Wow. Okay. Cool.
0: That's probably more money than it should be, though.
1: On- yeah, I think so. I think it's about $9. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it, wow. It, they released it. it it's on uh, Xbox, uh, our XBLA and PlayStation Network, too, and I think it's a little cheaper there.
0: And we may not have the tilt controls.
1: No, yeah, no tilt controls, so hey. Oh, did we answer the question?
0: Oh, no, we didn't. We didn't answer the question. You're right. Um, we, we almost did. We kind of avoided it. <laughs> So, so you mentioned it's a motorcycle game and they have handlebars. So, so what's the big difference between the regular version and the deluxe version?
1: Um, the deluxe, or the, the limited edition, I guess, was actually very rare. But the main difference was that the limited edition used a actual motorcycle or a motorcycle cabinet that you would uh, sit on and that uh, to control it you would basically... Tilt your whole body left to right instead of uh, like twisting handlebars.
0: Right, so and hence the Wii Remote features. Yes. Yeah. So I probably put either the original hang on or or very limited version here, but it's probably just regular hang on. Alright.
1: i pretty sure this isn't a Mario Kart game.
0: Really? Because, you know, I figured that right after Super on I should play a Mario Kart game. <laughs> Just to show, you know, the progress of, of like, half a generation.
1: I, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it is.
0: oh wait no this is not mario kart i'm sorry okay here's your question Uh, it's it's a lazy one you can blame me what is the hero's profession
1: dentist maybe
0: I'd call the soundtrack for this game very pleasant but nondescript, um, and maybe it's just because I haven't played the game. But it comes off as, uh, to me at least, as as very nice, very pleasant, but very typically, you know, whatever Japanese RPG. Uh, you know, trying to pick songs for this game, uh, I had a hard time just because uh, nothing really stood out to me, uh, quite frankly. Maybe. Maybe someone will yell at me a topic for saying that. This is Final Fantasy XII: Revenant Wings, hmm. which was a uh, DS game that came out in I think 2007. Um, of course, it's a—I gu- I guess it's a sequel to Final Fantasy XII, which to me was is a game that kind of came and went, and I don't know if anyone really thinks too strongly of it anymore. Um, so, but this game is—it's um, a real-time strategy. And, and I think some people would argue about that, but certainly the presentation is very much in the style of the real-time strategy. You, you command uh, characters who have a bunch of other kind of supporting units around them and you know, use your stylus to select units and you tell them where to go and there are missions like, you know, capture the flag type stuff or, you know, survive or defend your base. So I mean, t- to me it's, it's, you know, it's a real-time strategy, which uh, there wasn't a whole lot of on the DS. So in that sense, it's kind of a, a new, unique game, but uh, it's it's a it's a happy-go-lucky Japanese RPG type type thing. Um, I think the, the art style is a little more cartoony than uh, in uh, Final Fantasy XII for the PlayStation 2. But uh, I don't know that's for the best. I, I don't know if uh, Jared, you remember the uh, you know CG artwork for Final Fantasy XII, but. Uh, I always found it to be kind of disturbing looking. Um, I, I don't know if if you remember any of the characters but they kind of had a pasty kind of unearthly look to them. I, I, I wouldn't quite call it the uncanny valley but like they were kind of they they were close enough to like you know like the realistic or quote unquote realistic Final Fantasy characters of you know, like Final Fantasy 7 and the CG stuff but I, I can't describe it like they the faces on on the main characters for Final Fantasy XII, to me, looked like like their faces were like squished and also like flat. And I don't I don't know I don't know where I'm going on this. But
1: so so you're saying the the 2D was a lot better?
0: I think the 2D actually looks a lot better. Uh, sort of you know hand drawn. The style actually kind of reminds me a little bit of like DK King of Swing in a way. It just sort of like kind of a thick outlines, but you know not not too many colors, but kind of bold style. I, I don't know. I, I'm not doing a good job with this game. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm really not selling it. I, I think that uh, this game looks a lot more appealing to me than Final Fantasy Twelve ever did. So I, I guess it's somewhere uh, more akin to Final Fantasy Tactics, even though it's real-time. It kind of has that kind of appeal to it.
1: I, I see the, the character designs were made by the, um, Ryomo uh, Ito, who did did the designs for Final Fantasy Tactics Advance.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise So, So there's probably a lot of overlap there. I, I know that Final Fantasy Tactics A2, I think I got that name right, uh, okay. takes place in the same world or the same... I don't know if it's the same world, but they use the same name um, for the world. So they definitely are related games. I don't know, you know how many people worked on both the tactics game in this one, but you know, it, it is kind of strange to have what is arguably a direct sequel be a very different type of game. But I, I guess that's not unheard of.
1: Um, you talk about how it's basically a real-time strategy game. I'm seeing the producer cited the uh, Warcraft and Age of em- Age of Empires as inspirations.
0: Uh, there you have it. So if you're if you're looking for a real-time strategy game for the DS, there aren't that many to choose from, uh, and this might be. One worth picking up. I think it sold really well, actually. I seem to remember reading like it sold over a million copies. Um, maybe that's worldwide, but still, it, it was pretty you know, well-received. So, uh, yeah, so the 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 protagonist is, is Vaughn, who, like I said, is the same guy who was the protagonist of the previous game, and he is now a Sky Pirate. Apparently it was not in the first game, but he is now a Sky Pirate. So, whatever that means, I guess he goes on adventures. <laughs>
1: Who's a cool. Sky Pirate? Well, the Skies of Arcadia had a bunch of Sky Pirates. I,
0: I guess so. I, I don't know. They have I mean, airships. <laughs> I don't know. Piracy is is, a, is alive and well in, in the world of Final, Final Fantasy and other RPGs, I guess. I, a- I air know. Piracy. Air Piracy, that's right. So does that mean that, like, the Koopa Kids are also Air Pirates? I Uh, I never thought of it that way, but maybe. I
1: I would say uh, Bowser Jr. is, maybe not the Koopa Kids.
0: You don't don't think the Koopa Kids are air pirates?
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: (laughs) I mean, they they own an airship, and and they like damage things, trying to steal things, you know? I I don't know. There you have it. There's the missing link between Mario and uh, this game, folks. It isn't Mario Kart, but it has airships, just like Mario 3.
1: I like the link. It works. (laughs) That song reminded me a lot of the uh, the first level theme from all the Ghost and Goblin games.
0: <laughs> yes. Probably not a coincidence.
1: Based on that music, I feel like this game could also have pirates.
0: Yeah. I I should probably mention that the previous game, Final Fantasy XII, Revenant Wings, was requested by Jeremy Hawley from Huntsville, Alabama, also known as Sundulos in the forums. We should also uh, do the question here. There were three different versions of this game, and uh, there were some ports of each of them, but there were three distinct versions of this game by uh, different developers. For different systems. For three different systems, correct. So, uh, what were the three different lead platforms? didn't use the most recognizable music from this game, but...
1: I think that's the first level, so I think if they've played it they would know it.
0: Okay, cool. What game is this? It's Aladdin! Ooh, Aladdin, very nice. That's my terrible uh, Robin Williams, I guess. Ooh, very nice. Alright, uh, yes, this is Aladdin for the Super Nintendo. Not to be confused with the genesis game which there's a bitter rivalry over or the game gear slash master system version which uh, probably no one remembers
1: maybe a few were in europe i guess
0: yeah so so the game gear version was released worldwide but that same game was also released for master system because in europe because master system and game gear are basically the same system just different size screen. Uh, yeah, so there were like three different versions of this game, developed by three different teams, the same name, two of them were Sega-affiliated, and, and this version, of course, is a Capcom game. So I, I don't know what kind of you know intellectual property licensing craziness went on there, but Disney clearly uh, made a lot of money off the licensing, because <laughs> they were able to do it maybe two or three times for, for Aladdin.
1: It it looked... I was looking at the Wikipedia real quick, and it it looked like Capcom... I mean, they had made so many great uh, Disney-themed games on NES, and I I guess they actually had exclusive Disney rights for Nintendo systems, and uh, Aladdin may have actually been their very last game where they still had the Disney license.
0: Okay, I know the Genesis version was actually ported to the NES, according to Wikipedia, which further confuses things, but...
1: (laughs) I wonder if that was an official port or not.
0: Oh, that's a good. Yeah, it could be like a Tengen thing. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I remember watching someone play Aladdin for the Game Gear, not Game Gear for the um, for the Genesis. I don't know if I ever saw the Super Nintendo version. Um, did you play either version of this game, Jared?
1: Uh, I've I, I played a lot of the Genesis one uh, back in the day, and uh, I still have my copy of that. But uh, the Super Nintendo version, uh, I had a few friends who had it, uh, so I, I remember seeing that one as well. Um, it's, the Super Nintendo version is definitely a very uh, Capcom, Disney game, uh, mm-hmm. jump on heads, uh, throw apples to like stun guys. Uh, I think there were some cool levels where you uh, ride the magic carpet.
0: Okay. And the, the Genesis version, what, what was that one?
1: It was still, you know, still a platformer, but uh, in the Genesis one, I know you you had a sword and you can use that to, uh, uh, like, cut ropes and things and also okay. uh, fight fight the bad guys. Uh, you could not, uh, I think probably the biggest distinction is that you could not jump on people's heads in the Genesis version, while I think that was the main way you combated people on uh, the Super Nintendo version.
0: Hmm, okay, yeah, that's pretty different, though.
1: And uh, the the other big thing, I guess, a difference between the two games was the graphics. Um, the Genesis one, I know uh, the the people who developed it. Uh, basically, uh, it was made by Version Interactive, mm-hmm. but uh, it was basically made by the team that would later uh, form Shiny, who made uh, like Earthworm form Gym.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So th- they actually uh, uh, worked, I think, with. Disney, like they actually got like the Disney animation team to help them uh, make the animations for the Genesis version, so that one animated a a lot nicer than the Super Nintendo Mm -hmm. version
0: which is surprising because Genesis games generally aren't as well animated Um, you know I am probably wrong there never mind
1: I wouldn't totally disagree, but yeah, I, I think it was... At least for all, you know, 16-bit games, it probably had some of the best uh, animation the Genesis version.
0: Cool. Well, uh... Yeah, that was a request by Disco Stew, as well as Pedro. Pedro asked for that a long time ago. So, uh, finally used it.
1: it. It's a fun game, I, I would say. It's probably, you know, worth, uh worth playing it it's probably i guess you'll it's never going to come to virtual console so i guess you'd yeah. have to find an old copy and hunt
0: that down so you would you recommend the you recommend the both of them or the Genesis one i mean they sound like they're pretty different games
1: yeah yeah they're they're quite different i, I would say they're both worth playing
0: okay one last game here
1: let's do it you think
0: I don't know I mean i I know what game this is. I pick the songs, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on it i i, I have mixed feelings about the music in this game
1: uh i I thought that was a nice song. I seems to have a bit more of uh identity than the uh the revident wing stuff,
0: yeah, definitely, yeah,
1: nice little guitar thing. enjoyed that song. I was thinking it could be from an RPG where uh, maybe that would play when a a new party member had just joined and then everyone's like celebrating and like (laughs) eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches.
0: Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, huh? That's pretty specific there, dude.
1: It it could be like peanut butter and banana, something peanut butter.
0: Okay. Alright. Just be a little flexible there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Alright. So, uh... In this game, what is the name of your canine friend? Jared I, I know you mentioned you own this game have you actually played this game
1: um I've <laughs> I, I actually just started playing it today but I, I'm not very far
0: okay. this is a ghost trick for the DS. Uh, I think there's a subtitle in there the phantom detective yeah ghost trick yep. phantom detective which is really great game I, I really love it and, and uh, I was surprised that I didn't like love the soundtrack so much when I went back to pick songs um, because it's a really fantastic game, but the soundtrack is, is good. I think it works really well with the game, but uh, I don't think it stands out as much as some of the Phoenix Wright music in my mind, but uh, certainly very similar places. Um, but really what, what Ghost Trick has going for it is really great storytelling and a uh, very interesting visual style. I'm sure even though you only play a little bit, Jared, I'm sure you've already seen you know, the animation, which really just sort of pops out of the screen.
1: Yeah, it's definitely very impressive for 3 or for DS.
0: I, I guess they, the term I heard people use is rotoscoping. I'm not really sure exactly how that works. I, I guess it's like a motion capture type thing, where they record maybe silhouettes of people moving. Um,
1: right, they would. It could be just regular uh, movement, and then basically they would uh, like draw over it okay. to get that kind of thing.
0: Okay. Uh, you, you would know this stuff, your video feeders are awesome! <laughs> but uh, it, it's really impressive, it, it really looks beautiful, and I, I think throughout the game that really... it, it isn't flashy, I mean it's flashy but it isn't really distract from, from the game, I mean, the, the game just has good storytelling and that's just sort of an, an interesting visual thing where it really plays with you know high contrast and as you play through the game. The, the mechanics are simple but used very well in this game, the idea is that um, you're a ghost who's able to um, travel back in time. I think it's four minutes before yeah. um, someone dies, and uh, basically change their fate um, by uh, playing little tricks, like you know, moving small objects, jumping from object to object, and basically trying to either distract someone or block someone from you know getting shot or you know that kind of a thing. So uh, there's a little bit of trial and error in there. There's a little bit of, you know, uh, observational puzzles. Um, There's some fun themes that that kind of, in terms of, like, the the progression of the story, tie in with with the puzzles really well. Um, There are callbacks within puzzles and and stuff like that. It's it's pretty cool. It all really feels like a cohesive world. And I don't know. I mean, I like Phoenix Wright. I I like the kind of crazy anime but somehow based in reality within its own demented rules you know you know phoenix right you know has a court system and and there are psychics and and whatever but w- within its world it actually makes sense and you can use logic for the most part and th- this game's kind of similar in a different way um in terms of its cohesion where it's it's sort of at the same time realistic and totally uh, you know bizarre and, and crazy and, and it definitely goes to crazy town near the end of the game which, uh, which I always appreciate in terms of the plot um, but yeah so Jared I, I really do recommend you play more of this game it, it's a lot of fun I, I found that like the first maybe hour or two were a little slow but then like once things really picked up in terms of the storyline I, I really didn't want to put it back down so I really do highly recommend it. I don't think it's sold that well. I don't know how many copies are out there. But uh, if you have not played this game, and especially if you like Phoenix Wright or, um, you know, games that that have a lot of kind of anime storytelling type thing, but not not bullshit anime. This is actually pretty good stuff. So I recommend it. I think it sold really poorly, though.
1: It's too bad. I, I mean, I, I, I've been... You know, I, I bought it a long time ago, but uh, I feel like Capcom. Well, as a late DS release, I guess they they just had trouble spreading the word about it.
0: Well, yeah, Capcom like released the, that Okami sequel as well as this game really late in the DS, and I don't know if piracy had to do with it, or people were just kind of moved on from the DS to other things, or or, or what. But you know, both those games, I, I think, just sort of got lost in the shuffle by a lot of people, and uh, it sounds like Capcom hasn't really done that well on the 3DS either, so I, I don't I don't really know what the story is. I mean, I, I think, what, like Street Fighter did really well, but then right, right, they said like Resident Evil didn't really sell that well or something, but I don't know what's going on in the world of portable gaming, but uh, Capcom does not seem to be having good luck lately with it.
1: Unfortunately, since they were—I mean, it does seem like they're putting good effort, at least. Yeah,
0: they're the Monster Hunter company, aren't they? So.
1: Oh yeah, so, that, so that, that's yeah, selling th- great. Th- that's so. yeah,
0: that's that's paying for everything else.
1: <laughs> that's all they need.
0: That's right. Ghost Trick, uh, subsidized by Monster Hunter Three Tri Deluxe Super, <laughs> whatever re-release of that game is, is coming out soon.
1: Ultimate, yeah, and soon coming soon four. <laughs>
0: Well, that was uh, that was a request that Greg made a long time ago, and I'm sure that James Jones has requested it at some point uh, on the side as well. Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, have a happy new year. Have a safe new year. Party hearty, but, uh, you know, safely. And, uh, you know, I'll see you next year. Who knows what crazy games will come out then that we can use. Thank you, Jared, for co-hosting.
1: Thanks for having me. Happy New Year, everyone. Okay, bye, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Adventure is copyright 1993 Hal Laboratory Nintendo Super hang on copyright 1987 Sega Final Fantasy 12 Revenant Wings is copyright 2007 Square Enix Disney's Aladdin is copyright 1993 Capcom Ghost Trick phantom detective is copyright 2010 Capcom When you combine two or more special powers what shows up in the power-up icon I'm sorry what shows up in the power-up icon uh ah I I have a typo here uh, I'm sorry I can't do this <laughs> Yeah, that's not what I want to play.
1: More curvy. It's the curvy episode.